Greetings, brothers and sisters. It's wonderful that in the midst of everything that's going on, and as we face the restrictions uh, which most of us are, are facing, we can still have such a time to gather for this kind of fellowship. And why is that? The reason is that God has a will. God has his great will. And nothing can deter God from accomplishing his will. His desire is to dispense himself into us, into his chosen people, into his church. All that he is, is to the church. So he wants to dispense himself and transmit himself into us with the ultimate goal that he would head up all things in Christ. But for this, brothers and sisters, there needs to be the dispensing. There needs to be the transmission. And that means that even right now, right now, as you're listening to this message, you can be in the will of God. How? By just opening. By opening. Opening ourselves to Him, to His dispensing. And of course, the dispensing does not end when the meeting ends. No matter what we are doing, course, these days most of us are confined to our homes. But whether you're studying or eating or resting or even sleeping, God wants to rot himself into us. This is his central work. This is his pleasure to dispense himself all the time into us. And ultimately, this will have a wonderful result of heading up all things in Christ. But we can be in this process, in the, in the accomplishing of God's will, even in the circumstances that we are in today. Actually, the accomplishing of God's will is not restricted by any outward circumstances. We can be in the accomplishing of His will by being under the present dispensing. Even now, brothers and sisters, we can call, we can turn, we can say, Lord, I love you. I'm here, maybe in my room, in my living room. Lord, even here, dispense yourself into me. And, and, and his great will, we're connected to his great will. Well, tonight, brothers and sisters, we come to another part or another aspect of God's will. And our fellowship tonight is based on these verses. And I hope the brothers would uh, show them we could read them together. That is Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Come to me, all who toil and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is light. So, saints, we want to talk about taking the Lord's yoke and burden. Taking the Lord's yoke and burden. Actually, to the Lord Jesus, the Father's will was the yoke. He, the Lord Jesus, took this yoke upon him. Then he makes this call, come to me, come to me and take my yoke Upon you. I hope you see something right here, even from these few words. 
come and take. God has his will. God has his desire. God has his intention. But he makes a call to us. Come. Come to me and take my yoke. <clears throat> it's up to us, brothers and sisters. Will, will you respond to this call? Lord, you have your will. You have your desire. You have your intention. Lord, I come and I take it. Lord, I want to be involved. I want to be one with you for your will on the earth today, especially now at the end of the age. Oh, brothers and sisters, what a privilege that we could be those who could hear the Lord's call to come and take up his yoke, take up his will, the Father's will at such a time. Oh, I hope, I hope we all would respond to this call. In the, uh, in the notes, and I hope later you would have the time to read through the notes to the, to these few verses, it, it explains there that to toil, you know, the call is to those who toil and are burdened. To toil here refers not only to the toil of striving to keep the commandments of the law and religious regulations, and, uh, but also to the toil of struggling to be successful in any work, uh, whoever toils thus is always heavenly, heavily burdened. What is it to toil? To toil. Of course, here it talks about striving to keep the law or striving for some goal, some success. You know, to toil is actually any activity that causes us to be weighed down that causes us to, to, to be burdened, that, that causes us to, to feel the, the pressure. Brothers and sisters, we all need to answer the Lord's call. We are the burdened ones. Actually, just coping with the current situation may be a, a toiling to us. I know that some, after several weeks uh, under the the lockdown and the restriction of being at home, oh, it's, it becomes a very stressful situation. Some, regarding their financial situation, the, some, the anxiety concerning the future, especially the college uh, seniors, uh, may be uncertain about the job market. Just two months ago, the landscape was one, one, one thing. And now, much uncertainty. And so you might not even know what's next. Uh, even the uh, high school seniors, I understand that we have some seniors, high school seniors joining the conference. The thought that, oh, maybe my first uh, semester in college, I was looking forward to going somewhere and maybe maybe moving and, and being in the dorms and, and so on. And now the possibility that your first semester will be online and you'll be home just like now. Oh, the disappointment, the anxiety, the uncertainty, all of this causes us to be weighed down. So the Lord's call reaches us. He says, come to me, all who toil. Anyone, anyone who is under a weight and come and, and what is the Lord offering us? He's offering us rest. 
He's offering us rest. I want to read uh, uh, from from note number two. Uh, verse 28, note two says this. says, rest refers not only to being set free from the toil and burden under the law or, uh, or religion or any work or responsibility, but also to perfect peace and full satisfaction. The Lord is calling us to this. The Lord is offering us perfect peace and full satisfaction. Oh, brothers and sisters, don't, don't we all need this? Don't we all need this? The inner peace and the satisfaction? Oh, I hope, again, I hope we would answer the Lord's call. Lord, I come to you and I take your yoke. Lord, I take, I take your will for whatever you're doing at, at this time. I also want to read a little bit from uh, uh, an outline that we had in the recent uh, elders training. Uh, this is uh, message number seven in the recent elders training, which is on, was on this same topic. Of course, uh, you, you, you know the overall topic of the elders training was the will of God. Well, uh, there's one point that, that uh, develops this matter even more. It says, <clears throat> um, The Lord, who was submissive and obedient to the Father throughout his life, has given us his life of submission and obedience. Christ was the first God-man, and we are the many God-men. We have to learn of him in his absolute submission to God and his uttermost satisfaction with God. I want to read those two phrases again. His absolute submission to God and his uttermost satisfaction with God. I'd like to ask you, saints, are you satisfied with God? Are you, are you okay with God? Are you okay that maybe he interrupted some of your plans or that he allowed the situation to come in just at this point in time and to, to interrupt what we had planned? Oh, the Lord Jesus, he himself, he was one under this yoke, under this restriction, willingly, the yoke of the Father's will. He was happy. He was satisfied in his heart to be under the Father's will. I want to, I want to uh, point out to you uh, from Matthew 11 in the recovery version. Of course, the verses that we're talking about are from Matthew 11. But I'd like to, I'd like to point out to you the, the um, outline in this section. The outline in this section. And uh, this chapter is under a certain uh, heading, and that is the king's poise and attitude toward every situation. The king's poise and attitude toward every situation. And I want to I want to uh, highlight this word poise. I, I looked up the uh, dictionary definition of this word uh, poise. I like to read a couple of these definitions to you. Poise. 
means graceful and elegant. A graceful and elegant bearing in a person. A graceful and elegant bearing in a person. Balance and equilibrium. Brothers and sisters, do we have do we have this? Another definition is gracious tact in coping and handling ourselves in certain situations. Gracious tact. You know, the Lord Jesus had this kind of poise. And he is now within us, wanting to dispense himself, even as poise, in all our situations. He's, he's the one that when he faced even the hardships, he kept his poise. He was resting. He was resting in the Father's or under the Father's yoke. You know, in this chapter, if you read Matthew 11, the very beginning of the chapter, his forerunner, John the Baptist, sends some of his disciples somewhat to challenge the Lord Jesus, to kind of um, uh, stir him up, to try to stir him to action, maybe with the thought, maybe, that, that maybe the Lord would do something for him to get him out of the prison. He was in prison at, at, at this time, that the Lord would do something for him. But actually, the Lord kept his poise and would not give in to uh, their intention. And uh, actually, after they, they left, he says something very good about John. Then following this, we see that he's rejected. He's rejected by the stubborn generation. And in, in, the, in, in the midst of that, in the midst of that, uh, I, I, I'd like to read these few verses to you. Verses um, 25 through 27. Maybe the brothers can, uh, can bring these verses up. Matthew eleven twenty-five through 27. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I extol you, Father, Lord of heaven and of earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for thus... It has been well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one fully knows the Son except the Father. Neither does anyone fully know the Father except the Son and him to whom the Son wills to receive him. Then he says, Come to me, all who toil and are burdened. See, brothers and sisters, the Lord's response to the rejection was was thus. He answered the Father. He he turned to the Father and said, I extol you, Father. He worshipped the Father. He praised the Father. In the midst of the rejection, Lord, Father, Lord of heaven and of earth, you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent. Yes, Father, for thus it has been well-pleasing in your sight. This shows the Lord's purity this shows the Lord's heart. This shows the Lord's goal in the midst of the situation that was against him. He was at rest. He was at peace. He acknowledged, actually, Father, this is your will. This is your will. You're, you're behind the scenes. You're behind the scenes over everything. And this is just to accomplish your will. 
And brothers and sisters, remember, what is the central work of God? The central work of God is to dispense himself into every one of us. He wants to even dispense his obedience into us. He wants to dispense his willingness to to submit to the Father's will. Even he can dispense into us his own satisfaction with the Father's will. We might look at the situation and we naturally would react. We're not happy. We have to be honest. We're not happy. We're not content. But he can dispense his satisfaction with the Father's will and his obedience to the Father's will if we allow him the opportunity. See, brothers and sisters, to us, when we talk about taking the Lord's yoke, we might feel, oh, you're, you're asking too much. You're asking too much. Surely the Lord Jesus could do that. But how can we do this? Well, <clears throat> in our experience, I think we have to admit we, we cannot do this on our own. We, we ha- but, but we have to come to the Lord and what? Unload what's within us. I'd like to, I'd like to look at these uh, two verses. Uh, firstly, and again, I hope the brothers will show 1 Peter 5, 7. I think we're quite familiar with this verse, but it's good for us to read, read this verse. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your anxiety on him because it matters to him concerning you. And along with this, I'd like us to read Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Again, I know we're probably quite familiar, but let's read, let's read this together. In nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses every man's understanding, will guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. And in my experience, the only way to really be able to pick up that yoke is to first come to the Lord and unload my burdens, unload my anxieties. He says, come to me, all who toil and are burdened. So we, we have burdens. He acknowledges, he realizes that we're already burdened. We're already holding many things, actually, even in the service of the Lord. In the church life, we might be full of many things that, that prevent us from taking the Lord's yoke. Even the things, other, the things of the Lord, the things of the Lord might preoccupy us and fill us inwardly and prevent us from receiving that dispensing. So, at least in my experience, and I believe the experience of many others, and probably you've experienced this too, the first step is to come. You know, he says, come to me and take my yoke. The first step is to come. We have to come to him. We have to come to him. And before we take, we probably have to give. We, ha- we probably have to unload. Unload our anxiety. Our, even unload our discontent. Maybe, maybe we just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not happy with with what you allowed. I'm not happy with how long this has gone on. I'm not happy with the effect on my situation and future. It's okay to be honest and genuine. 
But one key phrase, particularly <clears throat> in in uh, Philippians, is this. It says, make your request be made known to God. To God. There's a wonderful note, a short note, uh, on uh, in the recovery version. I hope you would pay attention to this. You know, this word to, to God, is is often translated as with God. So, it's let you, let your request be made known to God, but it could also be translated as let your request be made known with God, which means what? This word implies motion toward. When so so, it's not just it's not just that you're you're calling God like on a, a phone, and and it's the request is passed on to Him, and He's far away. No, it's that as we make the request, we're making motion toward him in our spirit. We are, we are coming to him. So our requesting, eventually the goal is not the thing we're requesting. The goal is the person of the Lord. The goal is his presence. So yes, we start by saying something that's in our heart. But as we're saying these things, we're unloading. And actually, <clears throat> what we're unloading is the barriers between us and him. It could be that there are things within us that have become a barrier. And so, as we unload them before the Lord, and load them to him, we contact him. We contact him. Then, brothers and sisters, we are unloaded and available to take the Lord's will, to take his desire, his intention. And that, and that is all in the dispensing. We're available to receive his dispensing. You know, when, when, uh, when it mentions, uh, take my yoke, take my yoke, I, I think many of us would uh, uh, often Think of uh, you know the this is of course an analogy that the Lord was bringing and when the oxen have a, a you know the yoke that they put that's put on their necks on the on the oxen when they plow the field but um, I think <clears throat> we picture something like this I hope the brothers will show this this uh, th- this picture well uh, maybe some of you didn't picture that because um, you're like me, you grew up in a city and not that familiar with with what a, a yoke looks like. But that is a picture of a single yoke, a single yoke. But very often, the yokes, the yokes are not like that. They are like this. And this is a double oxen. Uh, sorry, a double yoke. This is a double yoke. So uh, when you see it in action it looks something like this. And there you have two oxen yoked together. Two oxen yoked together. So you, you, I think many of you are familiar with, uh, with the verse in Corinthians that says, do not be unequally yoked. Do not be unequally yoked. And there it's talking about relationships, either in, in, in business or uh, particularly in marriage. We should never be unequally 
yoked. That is, the two oxen must be the same, maybe the same size. Well, what did the Lord mean when he says, take my yoke on you? It wasn't, it wasn't something like this. Okay? Here, here. Uh, I take the yoke off of myself and I give it to you. Here. You take over. Not, it's not like that. You're on your own. No. The Lord was saying, come to me and, and take my yoke. That is, come alongside and be yoked together with me. Let's, let's, let's labor together. Oh, brothers and sisters. We need to be emptied so that we can be yoked with the Lord with, for, for, for His will, under the yoke of the Father's will. Remember in, in, in 2 Corinthians <clears throat> chapter 6, verse 1, <clears throat> excuse me, it says, working together with God. Working together with God. Not working for God, but working together with God. And in and in First Corinthians three nine it says we are God's fellow workers. We're His fellow workers. We're not just His employees. We're not just His slaves. And there is that aspect in the Scriptures, but it says here, we are God's fellow workers. We're God's co-workers. Did you realize you are a co-worker of God? You're a fellow worker of God, and He wants us to work together with him to be yoked together to be yoked next to him remember the lord said learn of me learn of me for i am meek and lowly in heart how are we supposed to learn of him how by walking with him by watching him by taking cues from him as we're in a situation we just say amen lord lord i'm with you what are you doing what, what are we doing, Lord? And actually, this, this might lead to the gospel. Maybe there's, there's a, a, a classmate that you, you've been burdened for, uh, but you never said anything. You never invited them. You never passed a tract on to them. But today, uh, suddenly, you have a, a feeling. Give them a call. Uh, um, invite them. Send them a, a link uh, you know, in 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 uh, uh, recently, Bibles for America has a, a a link for for sharing the word, sharing the good news with others. How about passing on uh, a, a brief video, uh, a tract in the form of a video to someone? The Lord might stir. But where does that come from? That comes from working together with Him. When we're with Him, when we're enjoying Him. We take our cues from him. He gives us a feeling. It might be, it might be to shepherd a young one, to shepherd another sister or another brother, maybe a companion, or even these days to call an older sister or an older brother to see if they have any needs. The Lord would, might move in us. But if we're not available, if we're not available, then that sense does not register in our spirit. Why are we not available? Because we're toiling. We're, we're occupied, struggling with our own situation, even, again, just coping with the current situation. But if we would be available, if we'd come to the Lord and take His yoke, work together with Him, 
the Lord would have the freedom to move in our spirit, to anoint us, to reach out to this one, reach out to that one. Or maybe just to stop and to pray, to join him in prayer. I want to, I want to pass on another verse to you, and I, I, I really hope that, that I could impress you with this few minutes of fellowship over this verse. And again, I hope the brothers would bring this up. Isaiah thirty fifteen. Isaiah thirty fifteen. For thus says the Lord Jehovah, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you will be saved. In quietness and in trust will be your strength. But you were not willing. In returning and rest you will be saved. We need to come. Come to him and take his yoke. We need to return, brothers and sisters, all the time. We need to return to him. Return to the Lord. And what? Return and rest. That is by taking the Lord's yoke. By taking his will for our life. For his great will to impact our life. <clears throat> then, it says, in returning and rest you'll be saved. In quietness and in trust will be your strength. In quietness and in trust. So I want to highlight these four words. Returning, rest, quietness, and trust. And especially the word quietness. <clears throat> this is, does not refer to merely silence with our lips. What really needs to be quiet is our inner being. In, in Psalm 131, verse 2, it says, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. You know, when we're with the Lord, <clears throat> we, need to, we need to learn how to quiet our soul, calm our soul, so that the Lord would have a way to rot himself into the deepest part of our inner being. <clears throat> For this, brothers and sisters, we must come to the Lord in our spirit. And so, <clears throat> this doesn't mean that we just sit there quiet and, and, and we say nothing. Actually, if, if you do that, most of us would have the frustration of our <clears throat> overly active mind. The thoughts would come. Actually, has that never happened to you? That you you come to the Word, maybe in the morning, you try to have a good time with the Lord in morning revival, in your morning watch, and you start to pray, maybe a verse like this, Oh, in returning and rest. Uh, Amen, Lord. Lord, I return to you. And, and then suddenly a thought comes. Oh, this, uh, this project is due. And you, you remember, Oh, I didn't, I didn't do this. Right in the middle of our prayer, right in the middle of our prayer, we're interrupted by our undisciplined mind, the stray thoughts. It could be about anything. Well, <clears throat> what we need to do is, is enjoy the Lord. Just, just enjoy Him. Ask the Lord to strengthen us, to set our mind on our spirit. And, and as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we need to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
And so, it's not a matter of struggling with the thought. We just need to call on Him. We just need to maybe sing. Actually, I found that singing brings me to my spirit in a, in, with, with the least amount of struggle. And sometimes when I'm calling, it seems like I'm calling with my lips, but my mind is out calling my voice. I don't know if you had this kind of experience. Well, when that happens, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, just sing. Just uh, go to the Word. Pray over the Word. Or just say something to the Lord. Say, Lord, it's tough this morning. I really, really need you. But anyway, brothers and sisters, whatever way we do, whether it's by calling, by singing, by praying, or by pray reading. Sometimes we need to maybe stand up if, if, if we're kneeling down or if we're sitting down and the mind is, is uh, uh, too active. Change your position. Even physically, that could help you. Stand up. Pace a little bit. Or maybe you're standing up. It's not working. Kneel down. Sometimes even this could help us to break through to the Lord. But the point really is this. We need to get to our spirit. Maybe we pray over some verses. Maybe the verses we're enjoying are from Matthew 11. Come to me. Oh Lord, I come to you. Lord, I confess that I am a toiling one. I'm a burdened one. Lord, I'm weighed down with this and that. And, and you'll find such honest prayer reading. The, the converting of the words to our genuine prayer, mingling our prayer with the reading of the word in this way. The Lord has a way to really supply our inner being. Now, at such times, brothers and sisters, don't merely be satisfied with receiving some supply from the Lord. Stay with Him just a little bit longer. Just stay with Him there in that quietness, in that calm. Maybe still with our voice, we're calling, Oh Lord, Lord, I'm just here. Lord, I'm just here. Lord, I've returned to you. I take your yoke. Lord, I want to learn of you. But you stay there, quiet, not just satisfied. Oh, I got a supply. Okay, time to go live my day. Stay with him a few extra minutes. Linger with him in quietness, and see whether the Lord might have another special word for you today. Or the Lord would have a way to shine, to expose something that, that he, he didn't have the opportunity to shine on before. Maybe the Lord's been wanting to touch you about a certain sin, or a certain attitude, or a certain way of prioritizing, evaluating your life. And the Lord wants to expose that, that there's something within your heart. It could be the Lord wants to shine on pride. Brothers and sisters, oh, if we could just linger with the Lord in rest and quietness, just a few seconds more, a few minutes more, a few moments more, the Lord might have a way to touch us in a way he hasn't had for quite some time. Maybe maybe in that interaction with him, there'd be a fresh consecration. There'd be maybe first a confession and then a fresh consecration. Not a promise to do better, but just 
handing ourselves over to him. You know what we're doing in that kind of situation, in that kind of experience? We are taking the Lord's will. We are taking his yoke. And we are receiving rest for our souls. Then, brothers and sisters, we can work together with him. This is the Lord's principle. We don't work with him until we rest with him. We don't labor for him until we allow him to work within us. Brothers and sisters, in such a kind of personal experience, in our personal fellowship with the Lord, the Lord really has a way to accomplish his will. He has a way to rot himself into us, to really make his home in our hearts. Oh, brothers and sisters, I hope we all can have interactions with the Lord like this, so personal. But it does take, it does take a little time, and it does take our being quiet before Him. And so, I'd like to close by passing on uh, these last two verses to you. And again, I hope the brothers would show this so that we could, we could read it together. And this, uh, Hebrews uh, 13, verses 20 and 21. Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21. And they read like this, Now the God of peace, he who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, in the blood of an eternal covenant, perfect you in every good work for the doing of his will, doing in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Oh, brothers and sisters, he wants to perfect us. He wants to perfect us in every good work for the doing of his will. Doing in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Do you see, brothers and sisters, actually, he's the one who's accomplishing his own will if we would give him the ground to do that within us. Then, through us, by, the, by his working in us, in me, then he will initiate some things like that call to that older saint to see how they're doing in the midst of this crisis. To that younger one that, that maybe is stuck at home and having problems with their, with their siblings or their schoolwork or their parents. Just a little shepherding or reaching out to someone in the gospel. But it actually won't be our doing It'll be his doing in us and our cooperating with him. And then the last verse, you're probably familiar with this, is Philippians 2.13. For it is God who operates in you, both the willing and the working, for his good pleasure. So you see, brothers and sisters, he has a great will. But we need to, we need to come to him and take his yoke, we need to come to him and take his will. But what that really means is that we come to him and allow him to work within us so that we can take his yoke with him. That is, we're yoked together with him. We're yoked together to him. And then we work together with him in, in the carrying out of his will. So first we let him work in us. And then, then we allow him to flow through us to others. Praise the Lord for his will. Praise the Lord for his yoke. 
that we have the privilege to come to him and to take his yoke. Amen.